No matter how far we have fallen, no matter how far we are from the Lord, the power of the forgiveness that happened when Jesus died on the cross, there's no comparison. You can't say like, I don't actually know that it covers that. That's really bad. It's like, no, there's no comparison between our sin and the level of grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers. Like, it's not a close call. It's a it's a wash. Like, whoo. And I just think that's incredible. Thanks for listening to If That Makes Sense, a Family Life original podcast about what life is really like following Jesus. My name is Tim. I'm in Family Life's radio department. And my name is Lydia. I work in the front office. My name is Mike. I work for the performing arts and events departments. Romans is the book we're going through for this series of episodes. It's been so much fun, and we're glad to have you along for the ride. And if it's your first time listening in, that's A-OK. No need to go back and listen to the other episodes first. Always can if you want to. We're in Romans 5 today, and we're actually doing the second part of that chapter. There's just so much stuff here. It felt like we kind of needed to split it into. I mean, man, couldn't really do it all at once. And and it can be a little it can be a little heavy. I think it was kind of funny, Lydia, that you and I, without even talking about this with each other, kind of had the same idea. Like this version you're reading from is actually the version I read from when I first fell in love with God's word. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to be um, reading uh, the portion today from the message, which I feel like I often go to when there's a chunk of scripture that I am just like, I read it and I'm like, um, I feel like there's really good things here, but like, I feel like I can't quite grasp it. I yeah. think sometimes the message just like breaks it down into verbiage and language that like can add so much to the depth of scripture. So yeah, yeah I'm going to jump right in and read. Um, so we're in starting in verse 12, I'm going through the end of the chapter, right? 21? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So this is Romans 5, verse 12 um, from the message. You know the story of how Adam landed us in the dilemma we're in. First sin, then death, and no one exempt from either sin or death. That sin disturbed relations with God in everything and everyone, but the extent of the disturbance was not clear until God spelled it out in detail to Moses. So death, this huge abyss separating us from God, dominated the landscape from Adam to Moses. Even those who didn't sin precisely as Adam did by disobeying a specific command of God still had to experience this termination of life, this separation from God. But Adam, who got us into this, also points ahead to the one who will get us out of it. Yet, the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. There's no comparison between the death-dealing sin and this generous, life-giving gift. The verdict on that one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on the many sins that followed was this wonderful life sentence. If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes? Absolute life in those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting, everything right that that one man, Jesus Christ, provides? Here it is in a nutshell. Just as one person did it wrong and got us into all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. One man said no to God and put many people in the wrong. One man said yes to God and put many in the right. All that passing laws against sin did was produce more lawbreakers. 
But sin didn't and doesn't have a chance in competition with the aggressive forgiveness we call grace. When it's sin versus grace, grace wins hands down. All sin can do is threaten us with death, and that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, world without end. Whew! <laughs> I love it when I read scripture and I'm like I get chills because it's just so incredible. So yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Oh, it is. It's <laughs> so good. It's so good, and that's always there. But man, when you read it out of a like a version like that, it just yeah, it just it it brings it into color sometimes, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I, I I love it. Yeah. So wow, I don't even know where to go after that. <laughs> it's almost like the Bible said it all. Right. <laughs> the end. Podcast over. Shortest episode ever. <laughs> well, I'm completely changing what I thought that I wanted wanted to share. I because I hadn't read it in this version hmm. before, and I I love. Uh, verses 18 and 19 that say, here it is in a nutshell. Mm. Just as one person did it wrong and got us in all this trouble with sin and death, another person did it right and got us out of it. But more than just getting us out of trouble, he got us into life. And I've always admired this cool comparison between Adam and Jesus, because it's kind of a comparison comparison where there's similarities but more so it's almost like opposites Mm. but this 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 version just says so succinctly i think it just highlights so beautifully that comparison and that adam started all this trouble and and yet i i still can't blame him because i would have done the same thing and from that moment even before that moment, God had a plan to write it all through Jesus in a way that we're supposed to stand back and look at the cool parallels. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really neat. Yeah. I love the, like, just those verses that you highlighted. Um, like, it wasn't like Adam took us this direction and Jesus just brought us back to, like, the neutral center. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like we were here, we went back five steps. And then when Jesus died on the cross and took our sin, he brought us forward five steps. So we're still at the same place. It's like, no, he didn't just bring us out of our sin. He gave us life, like abundant life and Mm -hmm. grace and the ability for us to grow in our relationship with him. Like it's so much more than just a forgiveness of the sin to take you back to like a neutral center. It's like Hmm. he, he grabs our hand and like runs with us into life. And I love that. Oh, that is a beautiful image. Uh, the words I think of with that are how much more. Yeah. As Paul says that kind of thing in here a few times, like much more or how much more. And I had a professor who did a class on Romans. And that was one of the things that really struck me was salvation isn't just getting back to the garden. Mm. It's not just, you know, the Garden of Eden. It's not just going back to the place where we were before Adam and Eve sinned. It's so much more. Again, that phrase, much more. Mm. It's Mm. going back to not just innocence before God, because innocence just means you haven't done anything wrong. It's righteousness. Mm. It's, It's not neutral blank slate. It's positive righteous slate because of Jesus. So Mm. we do know that we are, in a sense, 
going back to a garden. Someday we're going to be with God in heaven and the tree of life is there. And it's this beautiful imagery that, and it's real to look forward to that we're going back to what it was meant to be and so much more. Hmm. But that's what Jesus does. And the much more, I mean, it's about our future hope for sure, but it also comes into play with how we got saved in the first place. Hmm. Um, I'm just uh, looking at it from the ESV version right here because it's a little easier to see individual verses. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. yeah, it's a little more elegantly put maybe in the way that the message does it, but um, that it was one sin brought condemnation for all of Adam's life and then all of us following in his stead mm-hmm. as our first parent. We all fell into that too. One That one sin is enough to separate you from God. One life, one act of righteousness, Jesus Christ, what he did for us, that covers all the sins. No amount of condemnation can exist after what Jesus did. So that much more is there because it's like, yeah, sin did condemn you, but grace forgives you way more Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. sin could condemn you. Yeah. Uh, like that, I, and uh, it's just, it's just so good. It's, the it's the so... verse um, in the message, I don't know. Yeah. Cause it's hard to say verse for verse, but <laughs> right, right. Um, there's no comparison between that death dealing sin and this generous life giving gift. Yes. That's the part. And I love that. There's no comparison. Like our sin is horrible. Like we, there's, there's no denying that, but the grace like, I don't know. I think it just goes back to the power of the blood of Jesus. Like, mm. no matter what the sin is, no matter how far we have fallen, no matter, you know, how far we are from from the Lord, like, the power of the forgiveness that happened when Jesus died on the cross, like, there, it, there's no comparison. You can't say, like, I don't actually know that it covers that. Like, right, that's really right. bad. It's like, no, th- there's no comparison between our sin and the level of grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers. Like, it's not a close call. It's a it's a wash. Like, whoo. Yeah. And I just think that's incredible. So, and I think it's just good to, like, remind myself of that in those moments where it feels like, you know, because sometimes it can be overwhelming. The world is hard. Like there's a lot of destruction and despair mm. in the world. And just like to to be reminded of the power of who Jesus is and what he did on the cross is like, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can ever be reminded of that too much um, because it's mm. just incredible. Yeah. changing. Something that always intrigues me is the, the law and how it's presented in this this passage sort of deals with the law in there too. I just think it's it's wild to think about what would what would life look like without law hmm. and like law dictates what's right and what's wrong. So for instance, if 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 the highway has a sign that says 55 miles per hour and that's the law and I drive 60 miles down the road, I'm breaking the law. The only reason I'm doing something wrong is because there's a law to tell me what the right thing is. Mm -hmm. And just, it's fascinating looking at different cultures and different cultures have different, different ways that they govern things. And, and, and so the idea that right and wrong comes from this, this, this law. And so this law that God gave them, um, it's so interesting to me in uh, chapter thir- or verse 13, it says, 
For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law, yet death still reigned. So that's always mm -hmm. something that's been like just a little confusing to me in, mm -hmm. in understanding that it's it's so cool and crazy when when I'm able to kind of wrap my mind around what it means that Christ didn't come into the world to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And I, I don't even know if I can intelligently talk about it, but to just start to wrap your mind around it. But then I guess the thought I have or the confusion I have is, is backing it up to this time between Adam and Moses where there was no law. And it says it right here in right. scripture. It's not counted as sin because the law wasn't there. It would be like me driving down a road mm -hmm. where there's not a speed limit sign. I can't get pulled over for going too fast because there's no speed limit sign there. There's no law. It's it's not counted as sin, yet death still reigned. So do you guys have thoughts on that? Well, I, I do. And that's I'm glad you brought it back to death still reign at the end, because that's where I was thinking. And it's a perfect example of the speed limit. Maybe if we think about it like this, because clearly it's not the Bible saying that there's any such thing as moral relativism that that, oh, right. it's only yeah. wrong if your culture says it's wrong. It's only wrong because he says even though it wasn't counted as sin when there was no law of Moses, you know, we're talking about that period of time, many years before God gave the Jews their laws. Well, even though it wasn't sin before those laws were given, it was still death. Mm -hmm. It was still a way of life that led to death. It wasn't called sin. You couldn't write somebody up for it and say, <laughs> oh, you broke this commandment. I can show you here. Adam broke a specific commandment. God spoke to him specifically. But the other uh, evil things that were done in between Adam and Moses, while they weren't breaking specific commands because God hadn't really given the law yet, it was still death that was reigning because mm -hmm. their choices were still against God's will for us. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, he gave us that in the law. But like that speed limit example, that's interesting. Yeah. So would you be breaking the law if you're driving 70 miles an hour um, on an old dirt road that has no speed limit, even if you're not breaking the law? You might be living more in accord with death mm -hmm. when you do that because it is not good for you to be driving that quickly on roads that don't support that kind of speed. Mm -hmm. yeah. It might not be breaking a law, but it's still living in death. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting that the Bible's mm -hmm. not saying, oh, they were fine before the law came along. Yeah. That just messed everything up. Well, yeah, think <laughs> about everything that happened in scripture between Adam and Moses. Ugly stuff. Yeah. Horrible stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, that's not life-giving. I mean, you think even Cain and Abel, you're like, what? Genesis 4? Is yeah. that? I mean, yeah, you yeah. don't even make it a couple chapters in and somebody's already killing their brother. Like, right. that's not, I don't know. And I, I, I'm sure that Adam and Eve were not like, okay, this might get too dark. <laughs> like, I'm sure Adam and Eve weren't fine with that. You know right. what I mean? Like, they yeah. looked at that and been like, our one son killed our other son. That's, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's what when it comes back to, in my mind, like, even if you don't have the law, I think, what's the verse about, like, you know, people oh, yeah. that, like, have never heard it, who have never read scripture, but, like, the law is in their hearts. Yeah. Like, they kind of know if I kill somebody, that's not like, oh, that's a great thing that I did. Like, that's right. a horrible thing. Even mm -hmm. if you have never read the Ten Commandments or read scripture, like that God's law. Ah, what is that verse? Actually, I can't remember exactly. I Very astute listeners will know. It was an earlier episode. Uh, I can't right. remember which one. <laughs> it was 
<laughs> it's in this book. It it's in Romans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the conscience. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, it's not might not be sin, but it was definitely a lifestyle that led to death, like yeah. decisions that were selfish and people that only thought about themselves or, you know, whatever. I mean, that's that's like it's fascinating that God did the whole flood, Noah's Ark, wiped the earth clean before before. That's fascinating. It's making me think so often you you think of the law as this drudgery that we have to mm. follow, but you just said it. With or without that, there are things that are life-giving and there are things that bring yeah. death. And it's 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 not that we follow these things because we have to, because mm. God told us to. Wow. It's like this is this is the best way for you to live. And it makes me think of the Pharisees and part of the problem they ran into adding these things. Mm. These things they were adding weren't life-giving. They they weren't put in place to bring life. Mm. They were they were for other selfish reasons. And yeah. just how that picture between God's law versus what man can add to it and the difference bringing mm-hmm. bringing life is what God is after. Yeah. There's so much, oh, so much in all of this. By the way, I I found it. Oh, okay. It's Romans chapter 2, verse 14. And when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. So you're right mm-hmm. on track. And, Excellent. Uh, Way to go, it's, Romans. It's, packed full of all the truth. That's right. It's fitting. <laughs> it's all It's all in here. Mm-hmm. One One more thing I do want to say to that, Mike, is... That's what Jesus does, is he shows us what the heart always was. Mm -hmm. God's law was never meant to be a picky thing. It was never meant to be for its own sake. Like, ah, we just do it because rules are cool. Like, that was how God told his people to worship him in the Old Testament. But Jesus comes, he fulfills the law again, not abolishing it, but to show us God's heart that was always Mm -hmm. behind it. Kind of be like if somebody showed up and explained to you, uh, hey, you know why we have speed limits? No, but it's very important to always go exactly the never 1.1 mile an hour over it. It's like, well, okay, you're right. Here's why we have speed limits. Oh, okay. They're they're because that's the amount of speed that's safe for a particular area. Yeah, that's what they're for. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's like teaching you the the heart behind it, yeah. the why behind it. Um, right. And let's be honest, th- those are the type of rules that are a lot easier to follow. Right, right. Somebody just throws a rule down. And you're like, well, that's dumb. I don't wh- <laughs> why. I don't right. I don't want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But if they teach you and show you the heart behind it, you know, I don't know, for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe my little rebel heart sometimes <laughs> needs that, you know, because it's just it's helpful to understand. And I think that's what scripture is full of is that like understanding the heart behind and even reading scriptures like this today, like the life giving that Jesus invites us into when we follow him. It's yes. it's mm-hmm. not about check these boxes, follow these rules. It's like, I want you to have abundant life and follow me. And this is what I'm asking you to do because I love you, not because mm-hmm. I want you to follow these rules just for the sake of the rules themselves. And let's be honest, there are still parts of the Bible even if we don't follow all the Old Testament laws today, there are still parts of the Bible that apply to us where we might say, okay, but wait, why, God? Mm. But why? Like, yeah. okay, I see this is in your Bible. You don't want people to live this way or you have this desire or this is right and this is wrong, but, 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 but why? And there are times where the Bible might not give an explanation 
that is satisfying to our 21st century <laughs> sensibilities. Mm -hmm. But what does it give us? More than the Jews had in the Old Testament, it gives yeah. us more than that because it shows us God's heart. Yeah. Even if he can't tell us exactly why everything that's in the Bible is in the Bible, you know, insert your own least favorite <laughs> command here, you know, whatever yeah. it is, insert yeah. the thing that makes you mad when you know that's in the Bible. I wish that weren't in the Bible. I don't like that. That doesn't seem right. Even if he doesn't explain exactly why that's there, we have more than the Jews had. We have Jesus. Mm -hmm. We can see God's heart in Jesus and we can at least trust him. Yeah. You know, if my parents give me a rule to follow when I'm a kid, my mom didn't always like when we'd ask why with everything. There would be some times where she'd say, well, you can't do that because this is unsafe or that. There would be some times where she just said, because I said so. Yeah. Now, my mom was a loving mother. I might not have liked hearing that sometimes, but I knew I could trust her. Yeah. I knew she wasn't being abusive with the because I said so rule. Right. I knew maybe when I, when I didn't put it in these words as a child, but mom, you've proven yourself time and time and again to have my best interest in mind. Mm, yeah. I can trust you for the few times that you still say, because I said so, yeah. because I know your heart. That's Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the heart of God on display on the cross for us, abundantly so much more giving us this grace that beats our sin hands down every time. That's how we can trust him. And that's how we can trust him with every part of this word that he gives us even the parts that are still uncomfortable and hard for us to understand. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us for If That Makes Sense, the family life podcast about what life is really like as a young adult following Jesus. If you enjoy the show, please send it to a friend. Your genuine appreciation of the show is the best way for word to get out. And it would make our day if you left us a rating and a review wherever you found this episode. Family Life has more great original podcasts that you can check out at familylife.org slash podcast. Thanks again, and we look forward to having you along for the next one.